Hey y'all, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We are on episode 23 and we are talking about gratitude as a spiritual discipline. Hi friends and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So let's start off by giving some clear definitions because we do this a lot on the show to make sure that we all are, you know, um, have the same understanding of what we're talking about. And as a spiritual discipline, especially gratitude seems a little confusing because prayer seems like obvious. That's a spiritual discipline. Fasting, those things seem like just, okay, those are obviously spiritual disciplines, but gratitude is kind of about your attitude. So how does that fit in as a spiritual discipline? So let's kind of define it first. Yeah. So this is according to Google. It says <laughs> gratitude is the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. So mm. I like the return kindness part because that makes me think of kind of like paying it forward. Mm-hmm. So I like that a lot. And then I looked up since thank the word thankful was a part of the definition for gratitude, I looked up thankful and it says conscious of benefit received. Mm. So those are just kind of more secular definitions. Aaron, do you have a more biblical definition of gratitude? Yes. So this is from the spiritual disciplines handbook that we've referenced before by Adele Calhoun. And she says that the definition of gratitude is Um, A loving and thankful response towards God for his presence with us and within this world. And she goes on to say, though blessings can move us into gratitude, it is not the root of a thankful heart. Delight in God and his goodwill is the heartbeat of thankfulness. I like that the blessings aren't the root of it. Yes. So, you know, even if things are going wrong, you can still have gratitude. Yes. Like it's that. not about your circumstances. Right. It's very good. Right. So I thought it'd be kind of funny if we started out with um, just talking about what takes away our gratitude. Is that the right way to say that? What challenges our gratitude? Yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. Where we struggle with Where gratitude. Where we struggle. Okay, yeah. Okay. That's a good way to yeah. say that. Um, my first and broad automatic answer is just entitlement. I struggle with entitlement and that totally steals away my gratitude um just a silly example because this literally just happened I think God was trying to give me examples to talk about (laughs) but um I my friends for my birthday got me these new white Nikes which are fabulous and I love them but you know how it is with kids it's hard to keep things white anyways (laughs) so I have my new white Nikes on and my girls were playing outside in the dirt and then they come inside and one of them steps on my shoe and I'm like (gasps) no and it's like so silly it is so silly that's just a silly example but it's true like I let that moment you know take away my gratitude and it shifted into complaint and um to me the antithesis of gratitude is complaint you know so having an attitude of gratitude which is just Mm -hmm. fun to say but also (laughs) where we want to be um the opposite of that would be just having a, a complaining heart a complaining attitude and so um I was, you know, complaining about my white shoes were no longer perfectly white and how frustrating that was to me. And that's just a, that's a silly example. But I think it's a good point for us to kind of see um, 
we'll talk about what having an attitude of gratitude or as a spiritual discipline that looks like. But I think it might be a better place to start with what is kind of our natural tendency Mm -hmm. as broken, sinful people and why it's such a challenge for us to have that attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Do you have another example? I do. Oh, and this is just to say it out loud. It's like embarrassing. (laughs) And, but we were talking about it a minute ago and Jonathan, he serves me like, more than I could ever ask. Like that is one of his love languages and he's just constantly trying to find things to do to serve me. And so he'll pick up the house or unload the dishes or, you know, fold the clothes or do the laundry or whatever. And inevitably something gets put in the wrong place and then I can't find it. And I just fuss and fuss and fuss at him instead of just being like, thank you. It's always a thank you, but Aaron Uh and I just talked about that. Thank you. But where are the spoons? <laughs> thank you, but you lost this again. You know, thank you, but you're not supposed to wash the red things with the white things. You know, like there always has to be a but, but there doesn't have to be a but. Right. Like I can just stop at the thankfulness for the fact that he wants to serve me and that he did save me a lot of work, even mm-hmm. if I have to search for a spoon. Like that's, he still saved me work and, um, his heart was in the right place and just so many reasons. But yes, like that's our first tendency is, and I think it is because of just our brokenness and our sinfulness. But our first tendency a lot of times is to try to find that negative or Mm -hmm. to complain or find something wrong. And um, so it really takes some kind of rewiring of, of the brain. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit, but yeah, so that's, that's where I struggle with gratitude for sure. And I think, um, these are, you know, small examples that kind of reveal more about our hearts than, yeah. than we're um, saying. But I think a really good thing to think about, and this kind of was super convicting for me, was like in my instance, I was complaining about my kids stepping on my shoes. Or in your instance, when you're talk- complaining about your husband putting something mm-hmm. in the wrong spot. Ultimately, our complaints are not against those people. Our right. complaints are ultimately against God because we're saying, you know, if you go back all the way to the root of it, we're saying, okay, God why did you let this happen? Why did you let her step on my shoe? Mm-hmm. Or God, you could have done that better. Or we, we think we're smarter than God. We think we have a better plan. And so when we bring our complaints, we're ultimately complaining against God. Mm-hmm. And that is just like, oh, so convicting. Right. I mean, another example is the weather. We are constantly complaining about the weather, and especially in Texas. It's been like a thousand degrees. Minus so one zero. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> hundred degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, who are we complaining against? The weather has no choice. That means right. we're complaining against God. Exactly. And so we're basically Ugh. saying, God, you don't know what you're doing by mm. making it hot. I could do this better than you. Wow. And that just, that should kind of just knock us on our knees. Yeah, that's super convicting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think if we just kind of recognize this in our own hearts, and maybe you can kind of pray about this and kind of hopefully feel a little conviction about where are you spending more time complaining where you could be growing in, in gratitude and hopefully the Lord will reveal something to you about that. Um, let's talk a little bit about where we see this gratitude as a spiritual discipline in scripture. It is all over scripture. Like mm-hmm. we've said about most of the yeah, disciplines. That's true. I feel like we say that every time. Yes. But I mean, I feel like this is just like, I don't know, like, 
everywhere you turn, it talks about thankfulness, thankfulness, mm-hmm. thankfulness. Yeah. One of my very favorite verses, which will not surprise you, but it's Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Mm-hmm. And it's do not be anxious about an, um, about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's one of my mm-hmm. very favorite verses. Yeah, that's good. I really like in Psalms too. I mean, it's completely all over the Psalms. So this is just a random one that I picked, but, um, Psalms 107. And every time I read this, I sing it because this is a song the girls. That's how that other verse was for me too. It's a seed song. Yeah. Uh (laughs) So it's give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Mm. And then it goes on to say, let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the hand of those who gathered them from the lands, from the East and the West and the North and the South. So I love that because it talks about let's give thanks to the Lord and not just give thanks to the Lord like, thank you, God. But it's specifically saying give thanks to him for he has redeemed you and how applicable that is for all of us. Yeah. You know, that should always be our automatic response. If you have nothing else to be thankful for, there it is. Yeah. Right there. Redemption. I like that one. I like that one a lot. I like that too. This is Ephesians 5, 4. (laughs) Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Mm, So that addresses both. Yes. Gratitude and not having an attitude. And not having an attitude, yes. Not letting foolish talk come out of your mouth. And if we want to even take it more Old Testament, we can look to all of the story of, you know, the Israelites and Moses and how they would go, you know, thank you, God, for taking us out of Egypt. And then turn around the next day and say, hey, it was better back in Egypt. I want some meat. I'm sick of this bread stuff. And then the next day, God would provide water. And they would say, oh, thank you, Lord. You provided water for us. And then the next day, I'm thirsty. It was better back in Egypt. And so we see this this tension of gratitude and grumbling and gratitude Mm -hmm. and grumbling and complaining and gratitude. And um, I just think there's a lot we can learn from the Israelites. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for us to look at them and be like, man, what's wrong with you guys? Like, look at how God was taking care of you, but we have to check your heart. And I mean, (laughs) we do the same thing. Like, we're like, thank you, God, for getting me this awesome parking spot. And then the next we turn around and we're like, God, that guy just cut me off, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think we we are more like the Israelites than we like to admit. Um, I have one more that I'm trying to pull up really fast that (laughs) this is, I think, the first or second verse I made my girls memorize. It's if, um, not Ephesians. Oh, I know which Philippians. one. I know which one it is. <laughs> I remember I'm saying it. <laughs> Philippians 2, 14. It's short and sweet. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Some some translations say grumbling or complaining. complaining. And I think um, this is, I made my kids memorize it, but I also needed to memorize it myself because it says do everything. It doesn't say do most things, but it says do everything without grumbling or complaining, which um, it goes on to say in the next verse, so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like the stars in the world, which is so true. I mean, if you notice like just in a group of friends or anything like that, someone who is constantly grateful, even in times where it seems like they shouldn't be grateful, like wh- they shine like the stars. Yeah, they stand out for sure. And that's 100%. a person everybody wants to be around. Yes. We have a friend that's very much that way. And I actually saw this morning on Facebook that she's a she's a teacher. She's a kindergarten teacher. And one of her students called her a fairy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's so appropriate. Yeah. Because yeah. she does. She just shines yes. like a fairy. Yeah. 
and it's because of that, like, just gratefulness just, like, flowing from mm-hmm. her heart. Yes. And so everybody, even a little kindergartner, yeah, can notices that. Yep. Yes. And that's how, um, I think that's such a great way for us to just spread the kingdom and advance the gospel is just because if we're standing out, then people want to know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it about you that allows oh, yeah. you to have gratefulness in this time of complete suffering? And that mm-hmm. gives you such a great opportunity to just share the gospel. Mm-hmm. So you brought up suffering. Um, so when we're going through hard times, I mean, is it okay to bring that to the Lord? Like, what do you think about that? I think this is a, such a good conversation and so needed because I feel like a lot of times we feel as Christian and maybe even particularly as women that we have to almost put on this facade of I'm happy. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Everything's great. And there's this tension we have to walk between joy and sorrow, especially in suffering where we can feel that sorrow and that um, pain and yet still have joy in knowing that our and gratitude knowing that our eternity rests in him and our identity is found in Christ alone. And that, that is like it says in um, Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I think, um, I think there's a balance. So I think there's a difference between complaining and lament. So lament is probably a weird word that is Mm -hmm. not brought up in conversation, but we see it throughout the Bible, especially in the Psalms and obviously lamentations. (laughs) about lament Um, and all throughout the Bible where David in the Psalms or just different people throughout the Bible, they bring their true pain and suffering to the Lord. And what I think the difference is, is that complaining, like we talked about earlier, is against the Lord. Like you don't know what you're doing. You're not doing this right. Versus lament is bringing your true pain because it says in the scripture that we will have pain and we will have suffering. And so what are we supposed to do with that? And ultimately what we should do is bring it to God and give it back to him. Mm. And I think that's what lament is, is giving it back to the Lord. And we see, um, I mean, you can turn to Psalms 44 is a good place, but it's, it's truly calling out to the Lord and saying, you know, take this from me or teach me what you want to teach me through this or, you know, Lord, why am I dealing with this? I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Not from a place of I can do better than what you're giving me, right. but from a place of why Why ultimately is this happening to me? What can I learn from it? Yeah. How can I glorify you through it? Not in a way of why did you do this? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And as you're talking about this, I'm kind of thinking of that way, like you said a second ago, to like kind of check your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to think if you're complaining about something that you would not want to bring to the Lord, mm-hmm. like you're complaining about my how white much shoes, your <laughs> your white shoes. I wasn't gonna say that. I was gonna say like the ratio of of cream to your coffee or uh-huh. mocha to your coffee or something mm-hmm. like. You know, if you're complaining about these little tri- trivial things and you would not want to bring that to God, yeah, then that probably is a complaint. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if it's something bigger, um, you know, you're going through death of a family member mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you're struggling in your marriage or, you know, um, you're having a hard time with your kids, these things that you want to bring to the Lord, mm-hmm. that's not complaining. That's saying, mm-hmm. Lord, I am turning this over to you. Help me, you know, mm-hmm. be my strength, be my joy through this sorrow. And I, I do, I think that's completely different than complaining. And yeah. I think that's good and okay. And I think that that's very biblical. I think too, um, something to remember is that Jesus can relate 
which I think Mm. in lament is just a good place to kind of center yourself because Jesus walked through suffering. I mean, he was tempted by the enemy. He was ultimately suffering when he went to the cross for us. And so when we come to the Lord, we're not coming to the Lord and talking to someone who doesn't understand at all what we're going through. And I think knowing that can kind of shift your lament into gratitude. Mm. So knowing, okay, I can come to a holy and righteous God who can relate to the suffering that I'm feeling, hopefully then leads to a response of, Yes, you can still be walking through that suffering and have that pain and that sorrow, but then that's where the joy and the gratitude comes in is knowing that God can relate to you and he cares Mm -hmm. and he's not just up there listening to you, but he actually cares about what you're bringing to him. Um, So I think that hopefully can shift that lament into into gratitude and joy. So when we think about the goal of gratitude, Mm -hmm. what do you think the goal of gratitude is? Well, the first thing that I think of is we kind of touched on a little bit is that hopefully it is um, sharing the gospel Mm -hmm. to others. But I think also as a spiritual discipline specifically, I think the goal is to just remind ourselves and root ourselves in the gospel, Mm -hmm. because if you are doing that, you will have gratitude. I mean, there's there's no way around that, because if you are constantly reminding yourself that Jesus came and died on the cross for you, like God came down. Oh, I just heard this really great quote on this. I, I think it was, I'm going to mess it up. I always do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, th- I want to say it was Spurgeon, but I'm not sure. That God, who is high, came down low so that we could ultimately come up with him or something. It was something along those lines, which I just thought was so great. But if we remind ourselves of that, that we are broken and sinful and that we need a savior and that our savior came lived a sinless life, but died a sinner's death so that we could ultimately spend eternity with him. How can you have any other response but gratitude? No, I completely agree. I think that it is an amazing reminder. And we've talked with every discipline. We've talked about how the gospel Mm -hmm. plays into Mm -hmm. this. And I think that with gratitude, like you cannot think about the gospel without, you know, having that gratitude because it, I mean, it completely humbles us Mm -hmm. to know that our redemption, like you were talking, like we can't be saved on our own. That's what I'm trying to say. Like we can't get to heaven on our own. We can't have this relationship with God on our own. It's only because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's only because of Jesus that we have anything that we have. Mm -hmm. It does. It is definitely, a reminder of the gospel. Um, I think another goal of gratitude is to guard our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I hadn't really thought about gratitude being a purpose for. Um, but I listened to a really good John Piper sermon and it was 33 years old. It's from <laughs> 1985. And I was like, oh my goodness, Timeless. this is older than me. <laughs> um, but the Bible never changes. Yeah. God never changes. And so I would just kept smiling throughout that because I was like, that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about how you know, I was like picturing like 80s clothes and stuff because I was just <laughs> listening. I wasn't like watching anything. I was like, you this know, right yeah, <laughs> I was like, even like in the 80s, even God was the same. Yep, like That's yep. kind of a cool thought. He was yeah. talking about these curtains that I was like, I have no idea what kind of curtains you're talking about <laughs> right now. But anyway, <laughs> that's beside the point. But yeah, I mean, um, he talked about how gratitude guards our souls and he referred to and I lost it I had a bookmark in it and I lost it um a verse in Romans 1 it's Romans 121 and it says for although they knew God they did not honor him as our 
or honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So Piper says that gratitude is the guardian of the lamp of our soul. And so that that gratitude guards us from um, letting like false teaching Mm -hmm. into our life. Mm -hmm. And he also talked a lot about Colossians and, and Colossians two, six, it says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And so when you have this thankful heart and when you have this gratitude toward God, then the, the foolishness and the unwise, um, teachings and, um, thoughts can't get in Mm -hmm. when when you are just filling yourself with thankfulness then those things don't have a place and so um I liked that a lot because I've never thought of the goal of gratitude as being to protect ourselves to guard our souls Mm -hmm. and I was like wow like its place is is different than I ever thought it would Mm -hmm. be and even even thinking of the goal as directing us to the gospel like that's even a different way I always just kind of thought that gratitude was something we're supposed to have because number one it leads to joy which I think we're we were going to touch on a little bit but also just because it's what you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. like it's the right thing to do being thankful is the right thing to do of course you're going to be thankful when someone's given you something but Mm -hmm. I never thought about like the deeper spiritual implications of it and so I saw an Aaron like I really got emotional listening to this sermon because it's just such a, um, it can just really change everything. Mm -hmm. Like your choice to have gratitude can just change everything. Mm -hmm. That's good. I think that's a good point too about talking about how it protects us. And I think one thing it protects us from is pride and pride robs everything of Mm -hmm. gratitude. Um, That pride, that entitlement, that God, he owes me or he, you know, he picked a good one when he picked me or however your mind starts to go that way. Um, and so that when we strip ourselves of that pride and we focus on gratitude, then it just it's kind of cyclical, you know. Mm-hmm. So we gr- gratitude leads to the gospel. The gospel mm-hmm. leads to gratitude. And we just keep growing in that. And um, also building off what you're talking about when it when it guards us, like you're saying, against false false teaching is that gratitude. I think one response of gratitude is just desire to learn more. So when we're grateful for something, we want, you know, we want to cherish it. We want to take care of it. We want to water it so that it grows, you know. And I think when we have um, gratitude for the gospel, we want to understand the gospel more. Mm -hmm. We want to understand who is this God that saved us? Mm -hmm. Who is this God that came down for us to die for us? And so I think one of the um, goals then, I guess you could say, is that it deep it creates in us a deeper desire to know him and Mm -hmm. to know him through his word. So why, why would you say that this um, spiritual discipline is important for women? So I think it goes back to very similarly to what I said about simplicity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, especially as women, we're constantly comparing Mm -hmm. to other people and, um, 
depending on kind of your personality type, you might be constantly, you know, looking to what's next, what's next, what's next. We always want the next best thing. And so I think for women, especially, I think just kind of getting in that place of gratitude, it grounds you Mm -hmm. and it helps you find that contentment for where you are in the moment. Mm -hmm. And it just helps you savor. I know one of the things I've really tried to do in the last year or so is just savor moments with Mm -hmm. my kids. And I feel like when you're complaining, you're complaining about something because it's negative. Mm -hmm. And so if you're complaining, that's kind of pushing you away from whatever it is. Like if you're complaining about the weather and how hot you are, then you're trying to get to the next place to be cool. Or if you're complaining about how tired you are, you're trying to get to bed or whatever it is. When you're complaining, that's kind of trying to escape that situation. Mm -hmm. When you're grateful and when you have that gratitude, then, then you can just rest in that. Like you're saying like, I love the fact that we're out here at the park as a family and Mm -hmm. getting to be outside and it's not too cold and the the sun feels good on my skin and we're getting some vitamin D Mm -hmm. like that helps you be more present in the moment and just learning to really live I think in that contentment another thing that I think as far as gratitude goes, and I mentioned it a second ago, is that it leads to joy. Mm -hmm. And I've seen in my life, especially like it's my, okay. So it's hard to explain because I want to say that my first inclination is a pretty positive person because I think I am overall. Now I am sinful and I do complain and I do, you know, have that tendency, but I feel like overall I'm a pretty positive Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. and being around people that are, more negative all the time, like really, 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 really drains me. me And so for me, just that attitude of gratitude, it just breeds joy. It makes me just thankful. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I know that that's like the definition of gratitude is being (laughs) thankful, but it is. And it just breeds that, that true joy that, um, it's hard to, to describe just living a life of joy, even if, you're just going about your daily stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like for me, it's homeschooling my kids and being a mommy and all these things that can seem mundane and just the normal day in and day out. But it, it breeds this joy that is, keeps me going. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I feel like that's what God desires for our life. Mm-hmm. He doesn't desire for us to live in the negativity and the complaining. He mm-hmm. l- desires for us to live in the joy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And Piper talks about that a lot is that, you know, he says that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And that when we are most satisfied in him, that means we find our joy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's this good quote as you were talking to me, think of it by Elizabeth Elliot. She says that everything, if given to God can become our gateway to joy. And I think that goes really well with mm-hmm. gratitude is that if we ultimately give ev- know that everything is given from God and if we give it back to him and know that, you know, he is ultimately in control, then that frees us up to be grateful for things instead of thinking this is mine. This is mine. Right. We realize, no, we are stewards of what God has given us. And if we live open handedly, then we know we're more grateful for it. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's a good thing to keep in mind is that ultimately everything we have is a gift from him yes. and that we're always thankful for gifts. And that's, that's 
goes back to what we talked about with simplicity, mm-hmm. the holding things loosely. Yes. Yes. It's not ours to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's only because of, of Jesus mm-hmm. and God. And so it's not ours. Like it's a gift. So yes, you should be grateful right. for Lydia had a birthday yesterday. She turned six. And I think about that, like with my kids, like I don't deserve them. They are gifts. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm not always super, super great about it. But even when they're acting like little brats, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, Never. I try to find things, you know, I'm still so grateful for right. them. Right. Um, and just have that attitude of gratitude because they are gifts mm-hmm. and, I don't deserve them. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you're always thankful for gifts, or at least you should be. Like, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. We keep saying attitude of gratitude, and it's really fun to say. So I'm just going to keep going with that. <laughs> um, do you have any practical ways for women to grow in this attitude of gratitude? Yeah. So I'm actually going to combine this um, with another question that we kind of like to address, and that's with the struggling. So Mm -hmm. practical ways and if you're struggling, because I feel like practically speaking, if everything's going great, most of us tend to have an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Not always. Sometimes we can get caught up in things and and forget to be thankful, but it's pretty easy. If things are going good, it's pretty easy to, to have that attitude of gratitude. But when it gets tricky is when things aren't going so great. And like we were talking earlier, like if you're if you're going through that suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a few different things. And one of the things was something that John Piper said. And it was the verse I actually referred to it um, at the very beginning. But it's the Ephesians 5, 4 that says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. And that, um, Aaron and I were kind of talking before, and we were talking about how sometimes you don't feel the gratitude. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do you do if you don't feel that? What's a practical way to be thankful anyway? And Piper was talking about how if you fill your mouth with thanksgiving, the other stuff can't get in. Like mm. if you're filling your mouth and your heart with just gratitude, then you won't have any of the other junk get in. And I loved his example. He talked about how like picture your family sitting down at the dinner table. And the first thing you say is, well, so-and-so was late to work today. And then my lunch was cold. And you're just, you know, saying all the wrong things that mm-hmm. happened today. Like that is just a breeding ground for everybody having a negative yep. attitude. And that sets the whole mood mm-hmm. for dinner. Whereas if, when you sit down, you look at your spouse and you say, I am so thankful for you and that we get to sit and have dinner together mm-hmm. or that maybe that they're the one that fixed dinner or whatever. And you just started off with this thankfulness. Well, then there's no room for anything mm-hmm. else. Nobody's going to come in with, well, you know, blah, 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 negative, negative, negative. They're yeah. not going to do that. Like it just sets this whole tone for mm-hmm. this positive thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's one practical way is just to, if you keep that gratitude in your, in your mouth and in your heart, then other things have a harder time getting in. Mm-hmm. But I know that that's hard when you're going through hard times. And so um, I would say that that's when this comes to the fact that like it is a discipline, mm-hmm. like it is something that has to be practiced, like all these spiritual disciplines, like And you have to rewire your brain. Our brains, like we mentioned earlier, set to be negative. And um, but we can rewire them by 
being thankful over and over and over and over, mm-hmm. it will rewire our brains where that is the first place they go instead of the negative. Yeah. Um, so those are just a couple of kind of practical things. Um, it's not always going to be easy, especially if you're going through a hard time. And when Erin read one of the verses she read earlier talking about being thankful for redemption, I mean, if nothing else, we can be thankful for our Savior. Mm -hmm. So even on those really bad days when it seems like there is nothing to be thankful for, like we can always be thankful for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so there's always something. And so it's just that, just practicing that. Yeah, I like that. I like what you're saying about how... um, we kind of set the mood. And I remember reading this, it was in a Bible study somewhere. I don't remember who it was by, but they said that, um, the woman or the wife or the mom or whatever, the woman sets the, the tone for the home. And it was talking about how like, we're like the thermometer. Like if you turn the thermometer Mm -hmm. to hot, you're going to have, you know, Mm-hmm. The same idea, like if you're angry, then you're setting an angry tone in the home. And I've really noticed that. Mm-hmm. Like if I start out my day like complaining or negative or anything like that, then my kids seem to be the same way. And sometimes we stop in the middle of the day. And this might be a practical thing. We hadn't thought about this. But like if you find yourself, man, I can't get these negative thoughts out of my mind or I can't stop complaining or whatever it is. Like just stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I do this with the girls a lot when they're really whiny put on a worship song and like cry out to the Lord, whatever the lyrics are, or just ask him like change your heart and, and help remind you of all the things that you're thankful for. And maybe it's even just like going down a list, like God, you saved me, God, you know, you've provided these children for me, whatever it is. And just throughout that worship song, nobody gets to talk only, you only get Mm -hmm. to talk to God. And then by the end, a lot of times, like it's not always like a flash instant, but I do notice myself, okay, we restarted. Now we're going to focus on the the positive, like you said, and don't leave any room for the negative. Yeah. But it does take a training. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. I remember a long time ago, I have a friend from home and she had said that like, you can restart your day at any point. Mm -hmm. And so I try to remember that because some days it just like goes downhill and downhill and downhill. And And all you have to do is just kind of stop and take a breath and Mm -hmm. apologize if you need to, Mm -hmm. to your kids, to your husband and say, I am thankful for you and just fill your heart and your mouth and your mind with that thanksgiving instead and I don't know this this I was telling Aaron earlier like this sermon just like really hit me because I think it's partly the state of like our country and our world in general but just thinking about if we could all just have our attitudes be that of gratitude, like how much it would change mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. It would change everything for us. Yeah. And I've just never thought about gratitude as being that big of a playing that big of a role mm-hmm. in our daily lives. Yeah. Yeah. There, we all struggle, especially this generation with entitlement. And oh, absolutely. Would be a complete shift. And mm-hmm. instead of feeling entitled, we felt yes. grateful. Yes, it really would be. Yeah. So what um, resources do we want to share about this? So I will link that Piper sermon because it was super good, super good. Um, Trying to think the Bible. Those were the two resources I used. I didn't use a ton. So Bible and Piper. (laughs) And then this uh, spiritual disciplines handbook is also really good. Um, I think that's basically what we use. We use a lot of Bible this Mm -hmm. time. I love it. I love it. Yep. Um, so we will leave you with a, I was going to say a verse, but it's actually a couple. So we'll leave you with a couple verses. It's Colossians 3, 15 through 17. And let the peace of the Lord 
to which you are called in one body, control your hearts. Be thankful. Let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. For the splendor of his enjoyed this episode please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on itunes and most importantly share with a friend the beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented kate cox